You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Moses spoke to the Lord saying let the Lord the God of the spirits of all flesh set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them who may lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. I love how how he uh, describes his vision of a picture of how the shepherd and sheep should be in verse 17. Notice again. says that the shepherd will go out before them and go in before them and will lead them out and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. Just a portrait of the the shepherd out front and the sheep coming behind. Breaking it down, you got the pastor out front and then the leaders and then laity. And and I love it because uh, they go in, he's out front. They go out. He's out front. A portrait of of them not breaking rank. Just in their place. (laughs) I go pastor. Let's go. He going out. (laughs) Let's turn. He going back in. But never breaking rank. That's what Moses pictured. That's what he wanted. And he knew the only one that would be able to put such a person in that particular place was God. And of course, God does so directly and indirectly. But based upon the text and all that I have said, my subject this evening, rank-keeping sheep. Rank-keeping sheep. And we're going to give our God a big hand of praise before we go first. I want you to notice that 
Moses here in Numbers 27 refers to God in a very unique way. He says, let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, the God of the spirits of all flesh. Spirit, the root meaning is breath. When it comes to breath, it is that which causes us to, to breathe. And it's interesting because the origin of breath, biblically speaking, was instituted by God when he created man. Genesis 2 and 7 says, And God formed man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living being so when it comes to the God of all spirits hence spirits in the text refers to all souls Ezekiel understood it and he penned in Ezekiel 18 and 4 or he prophesied in Ezekiel 18 and 4 all souls are mine. The soul of the Father is mine. And the soul of the sons are mine. And the soul that sins shall die. God recognizes that every living, breathing spirit or soul belongs to him. But then he makes a distinction between souls that belong to him and his children. Every soul is his, but not every soul is a child of God. You have to be born again to be a child of God. You have to take on his nature, his character, his traits. You have to be sealed with his spirit. Singular in order to be considered his, his child. And so Moses wanted the God of all flesh to set a man before the congregation. Ecclesiastically speaking, the church. 
Lord, your church, your people, your children need a man. I want you to set one before them. Theologically, a set man suggests a number of things. I only want to mention three or deal with three. First, he wanted God to put a person with Israel that would minister or serve them. Minister to or serve them. See, understand something. First and foremost, when it comes to a minister, a pastor, apostle, or any fivefold ministry gift, the person is a servant. It is the job of a pastor to go before God, get knowledge and understanding, and take that knowledge and understanding and, and, and break it down and bring it back and serve it to God's people. You know Jeremiah 3 and 15, and I'll give you shepherds according to my heart that will feed or serve you with knowledge and understanding. Going to give you exactly what you need in order to be productive in every aspect of your life. Secondly, when it comes to a set man or a person that God puts in front of a congregation, the person has to instruct, prepare, and build God's we have to be instructed because we come from a life of sin. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. And, and amazingly, God has ordained for a word to change our shape has ordained for a word to change us from our crown to the sole of our feet. Beginning in inwardly, but not stopping inwardly, but also taking effect outwardly because he not only wants us to be right on the inside, he wants our demeanor to be right on the outside. Don't just tell me you're Christian. Let me see that you've been born again. Don't just tell me you love Jesus. Let me see the manifestation of his glory or his love on the outside. Let me see it not only based upon what you do in the church, but let me see it based upon what you do in the community. Let me see it when everything that can go wrong takes place in your life. I want to see if you still got your hallelujah. I want to see if you still got your praise God. I want to see when, when you go through this, that, and the other, can you still turn in victory? Let 
thank God. No, it's, I know I'm just going through something that you done ordained, but I'm going to get the victory because I live the way you told me to live. And you said the victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. And so the pastor has to, to instruct the people of God, has to equip the people of God has to give you something that initially you may not want, but you got to have it if you're going to be like Jesus. You got to have it if you're going to be able to fulfill your purpose as well as the vision of the church. You'll be amazed at how, how some folks don't, don't want to be equipped because they like doing what they do. But when you come to a real church, you're going to be equipped. You're going to be, you're going to be, woo! You're going to be equipped from your crown to the sole of your feet again, inwardly and outwardly. I need you to prepare them, to equip them, to instruct them, to tell them what I tell you. Let them find out that their thoughts is not as my thoughts. Their ways are not as my way. Even let them know how distinct it is. Give them Isaiah 55. Let them know as high as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts and so are my ways. And the pastor will come forth with some stuff that, that will cause you to scratch your bald head. Will cause you to sit in your seat with your mouth wide open. Why is that? Because you're hearing something. And you're in a state like Nicodemus. How can this be? How can I give? And it's going to be given back to me. Good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over. Changing everything about you. Making sure that you manifest 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 in the church and outside the church. Which states, if anyone is in Christ... He or she is a new creation. Get this. Old things are gone. They're gone. Whether they're gone at the present time or you can see that they're fading away. Because sometimes it's a process before we actually put Romans 12 and 2 into action. You know, laying aside what we need to lay aside. God trying to finish the process but we trying to hold on because we don't want to let go of what we need to let go. And then finally the set man makes sure that the congregation matures so they can become united. The only way unity is truly going to come is if somebody grows up. 
I said the only way unity is truly going to come if somebody grows up. And, and you can't put no crazy prayers before God. God help me to love. No, you got to put away childish things so you can learn to love folk that stab you in the back. You, so you can learn to love folk that hate you for no good reason. Can I do that? Yeah, if you if if you're Christ like, because Christ had had to love folk who he treated well, but they still left him because he told them the truth. He had to make sure they would mature and unite. Because the one thing that a bona fide shepherd knows is that a church does not need to be divided. And the primary reason is Matthew 12 and 25. When Jesus decreed that if a house is divided, number one, is not going to stand. Number two, it's going to be brought into desolation. We don't want to be to the point to where our singing, our praying, our preaching, our fellowship, and so forth is in vain. So, so we got to mature and unite. You may not like everything about me. Guess what? I don't like everything about you. That's just human. That's the reason God gave us 66 books which represent a guideline on how we should think, talk, and act. I don't want to be in the church and be in desolation because one meaning of desolation is unhappiness. I don't want to come in the house of God and I'm not happy. The one place I want to always be happy at is God's church. I want to be happy everywhere, but I, I sure want to be happy in the place where, where I'm coming to get my ring. But like it or not, you're going to have to mature because everywhere you go, there are going to be people, situations, or things that are going to try to make you unhappy. You just have to make in make up in your mind you're going to be happy anyhow. You're going to have joy anyhow. And thank God He gave us the perfect gift in order to have happiness 24-7. What are you talking about? The Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy, which equates happiness. Look at your neighbor and say, you have the capacity to be happy all the time. Oh, you didn't say it like I wanted you to say it. Say to one more person, you have the capacity to be happy all the time because you have the greater one on the inside of you. You know what John said? Greater is he that is in me that you gotta be happy despite 
what you go through in life. Because I'm going to tell you something. Life a trip. Good God. I said life is a trip. I'm going to tell y'all something else. I don't know how they, I don't know how it's going to set with you. It may not set too well but with you, but I'm going to say it in any anyway. I'm a trip sometime and you a trip sometime. <laughs> Woo! You don't believe it? Ask your neighbor. Say neighbor. You believe I'm a trip sometime like pastor say. You don't even have to be around folk to know that, that at particular time they ain't nothing but a trip. And the Bible backs it up. All have sin and come short. We see it in David. We see it in Paul. We see it in Peter. The only one we don't see it in is God in flesh, Jesus. But folk who Jesus rebuked and Jesus got angry with, even though he didn't sin, I guarantee they go, Jesus ain't nothing but trip. <laughs> Maybe not in modern terminology, but that was their thinking. And so when it comes to being a sad man, he has to make sure that the church unites and matures. And so we have to grab hold when the word comes forth to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 and Psalm 133. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11 tells us put away the childishness. Go ahead and grow up. Your maturing is in your corner. You can pray all night long, but if you don't put away childish things, you're not going to grow up. And if you don't unite with your brethren or the people of God, there are certain blessings you're going to miss out on. There are just certain blessings that if, if we don't come together as a congregation, as a connection, we're just going to miss out on. It was only when they came together on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit descended. That, that, that was the only way it happened. He was just wasted. They ain't on the car yet. They ain't, I can't go yet because they ain't, they ain't on the car. But as soon as they got on one accord. The Holy Spirit showed up and, and, and the church had church. I said the church had church. Folk got saved. Miracles began to happen. But it was only after they recognized we got to get on one accord. But then David, he, he seen the portrait of, of what will happen when folks unify. In Psalm 133, he said, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to just dwell together. What is he talking about? An assembly. 
a congregation, they experience good and pleasantness. Things that are pleasing. Things that make them happy. Just the opposite of something that's divided. Experience the opposite. And so he said, set him before them. But then he went in greater detail in reference to letting the Lord know he's got to be out front. He can't be behind the scene. He got to be out front. They, they got to be able to see him. They got to be able to see him when he go out. He got to be in front of them. And then when he come back in, they got to be able to see him. A leader. The primary trait of a leader, biblically speaking, is someone that's an example. An example. And God puts great weight on pastoral leadership. Great weight. Say it in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 through Paul. Paul said to the church, Y'all got to imitate me just as I imitate. You, you know, some folk that call themselves D, they'll try to go around the preacher, the pastor. That's not Bible. Again, I, I can go there, but, but you can go ahead and read it while I'm talking. But, but anyway, if that's what you want to do. But anyway, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. You're looking at the pastor out front. And as the pastor follows Christ, is operating under the anointing and Jesus, walking in salvation, that's who you follow. That's who you follow. You follow someone that's anointed to walk in salvation. Why salvation? Because salvation... It's threefold. And salvation, when you really consider John 8, 31 and 32 in part, is truth. The truth will make you free. The, or the truth will bring forth salvation. So he's walking in truth or salvation. And so you follow truth. Which connects also with John 16 and 13. Because if the pastor is anointed embedded in him is the spirit of truth and that's the primary reason he's going to have the capacity to walk in truth but you can't be to the point to where you're so ignorant that you say well I got the Holy Spirit just like the pastor well you're supposed to have the Holy Spirit just like the pastor and that should cause you to recognize that, that because you do you can discern that he is doing what does Saith God. But just having the Holy Spirit 
saying that I can, I can discern just like Pastor. No, you're not on that level. When you do such, you're breaking rank. Say to your neighbor, you don't need to break rank. You need to stay in your position. You need to stay where God has placed you. Do not break rank. Well, I just think I can do that a little bit better. You may can. You may be able to do it a little better, but, but God didn't choose you to do it. Yeah, you got you got a whole lot of skill, but but that don't mean that God chose you to do it. This is not about your skill. This is about what God has set in place. It's a whole lot of folk think because of their skill, their education, and so forth, they should have a right when it comes to the church, but not so. The church is operated by the anointing of God. The church is led by the Spirit of God. Educated folk, when they looked at Peter and the rest of them, they called them ignorant. They felt they were ignorant because they they were striving to imitate Jesus. The church, well, the religious folks felt they need to be more of themselves. But one of the first requirements of Jesus when he talked to his disciples about following him, he said, if any of y'all coming after me, you got to deny yourself. This journey right here ain't about you. This journey right here is all about me and my kingdom. So you got to deny yourself. I got to go on but tell you, maybe you can't break rank. And see, some folk, some folk want to break rank. And that's what Moses, he was concerned about. He wanted to make sure that, that the leader was always in the forefront. Always ahead of the people. And, and that the people respected it to the point to where they stayed behind him. Even if they were walking out and the leader was up front and the leader said, we're getting ready to turn back before they would even turn to start walking, they would wait until he got back up front and then they would turn and they would start following him. That was the portrait that Moses had. They don't do anything until they know that their leader is out front. That was the portrait. But see, there are some that break rank. And a lot of people break rank because of the tithe. Not tithe, tithe, T-I-D-E. They will break rank because, figuratively speaking, of the seasons, the times, the trends, and so forth. 
They will break rank because of the tides. They'll break rank because it seems like it's just ups and downs. Happy days, disappointment. And so they break rank because of the tide. You can't do that. Jesus explained that in life you're going to have ups, downs. Some days going to be wonderful. Other days you're going to be, Lord, I can't wait till tomorrow. But Moses' portrait was that of a congregation that would not break rank even if the tide was all out of whack. Understand this. The root meaning of tide, ups and downs, seasons, periods, and so forth, is to divide. That's what it means, divide. And see, what the tides do, they, they try to make you break rank. Trials come in your life to try to make you forget the instruction that your pastor gave you. Tides come in your life to try to make you forget the prophecy that came for the whole church. Better is here and better is coming. Tries to make you look not at better, but at worse. And, and your pastor done taught you, you can't go by what you literally see because according to Second Corinthians 4 and 18, the things that you see, they just temporary. They're not going to last. It don't look the way you want it to look, but remember God told you something and what God tells you it is more than just a fade, more than just a trend. It's His Word. And Matthew 24 and 35, Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass, but not the Word. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, all of the promises of God in Him are yes and Amen. You have to be to the point to where you learn how to roll with the tide. When the tide is coming, you just keep going on. You just keep smiling. You keep laughing. You keep clapping your hands. Even if you have to take a break and cry your heart out, tears coming out your eyes is just leaping out. You give God the praise in the midst of crying. You give God the glory in the midst of trouble. You give Him the glory despite what you go through. Why? We think they endure for a night. But it's some joy that's coming in the morning. Weeping may endure for four or five days but God is going to show up and show out. But you can't allow the tides to cause you to break rank. Look at somebody and encourage them. Don't you break rank. 
I had some folks that, 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 that I just knew they wouldn't break rank. But all of a sudden, when COVID broke out, when other things started happening, I looked and folk I thought was going to stand the tie. They end up leaving. You can't allow the tie to pull you out of the will of God because I'm going to say what I said earlier. The best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will is in the will of God. You're going to go through some trouble. You're going to go through some stuff in your body you never dreamed that you would go through. That's when you got to hold on to that rhema that God gave you through your shepherd. God said to you that you were going to be healed. You were going to be delivered. You were going to be raised up. You got to hold on to that despite what's coming to your mind. Despite what's going on in your body. Because if God said it indirectly or directly, He will do it. and remember the promise when it comes to God's prophet, your pastor. Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless He reveals His secret unto His servant, the prophets. You got to remember that every time you come, you're not just listening to Leonard Cochran. You're listening to somebody that God done ordained and God done put a word down in his being just for you. This gift is for you. This gift is for the church. This gift is the thing that's going to cause you to come out. Why? Second Chronicles 20 and 20. Believe his prophets. What's going to happen? You're going to prosper. To prosper. Well, the doctor said this and pastor said, you better believe your prophet. You better believe your prophet. Doctors hit and miss. Not this right here. You're holding on? Some doctors miss more than they hit. But not God's word. I said, not God's word. How can you say that, Pastor? Because I'm looking at some of y'all. The only thing got you right was God's word. The only thing got you right was an anointed preacher preaching you out of deliverance. Preaching to you your purpose. Preaching to you you can have better. Preaching to you you don't have to settle for this, that, or the other. But you can have everything that God ordained you to have. Plus... I got to close. Listen to this. You can never be to the point to where you become what Moses dreaded when you really consider the text. He dreaded seeing a church without a set man. Notice his plea to God. Lord, I don't want them to be like folk that don't have no shepherd. And see, I know what he's talking about. You, you know you done seen churches. And, and it's so clear. Man, that man don't want nothing but their money. Why don't he teach them about the Holy Spirit? He's so caught up into that, he don't even want to tell them the truth. Even some of you, you stayed in the church for years, and then when you finally got in 
a spirit-filled and spirit-led church, you'd be like, man, why didn't Reverend so-and-so tell me this? That was not on his agenda. He was not being led by the Spirit. And see, Moses seen it. Now, now this is a sad thing right here. You have folk that know they're up under a Spirit-led and Spirit-filled pastor that feeds people and they still walk away. And man, I, I remember early in ministry when, when that would happen, I would just feel so hurt. But then God said, I want you to go to John 6 and I'm going to show you something. They did the same thing to Jesus. Jesus was giving them the word and, and, and he knew he had to take them to another level. They needed to mature. And so he gave them a word that, that they deemed hard. A word so hard to well, they said, we can't receive that. One message. They, they had sat through many messages. But one message caused them to say, we got to leave him. And get, this is a sad thing. And the Bible say, and, and, and they never followed him again. Never. They didn't repent and come back. They didn't want to mature. They didn't want to grow up. They wanted to stay where they were. And so they, when, when Jesus wouldn't, when Jesus tried to mature them and they didn't want it, they just walked away. Walked away. But again, Moses said, I don't want them to be like that. I don't want them to be like that. I want them to know the significance and the necessity of a set man, a person that's an example that leads them out and brings them back in the same way. In my clothes, it's, it's, it's a portrait of what God used Paul to say to the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was immature. But God used Paul to pen in 1 Corinthians 14 and 40 that when it comes to his churches, all things need to be done decently and in order. And when a shepherd and sheep are in rank, That's the embodiment of 1 Corinthians 14 and 40. Folk get mad at each other, but get what? They don't break rank. They know sometimes folk don't show them love in the church, but get what? They don't break rank. They know it's just a part of maturity. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get a lot of hand of praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. 
We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.